Venantius Honorius Clemenantius Fortunatus was one of the most respected and popular poets of the 6th century. Fortunatus was a staple at courts across Francia, and poets copied and emulated his work for centuries. Armies up to Charlemagne turned his poems into marching songs. Liverpool University Press was kind enough to give me permission to read a number of his translated poems from their book, Venonatius Fortunatus, Personal and Political Poems, by Judith George, which I will link on my website. If you enjoy these and want to learn more about poetry in early Francia, be sure to check out the book. To Lady Radigand about violets. If the season bore me the customary white lilies, or the rose were brilliant with dazzling scarlet, I would pick these in the countryside or from the bed in my poor garden, and send them gladly as a humble gift to the great. But since I have not got the former, at least I will perform the latter. He who offers vetch, in loving intent, would bear roses." Yet amongst the sweet-smelling plants I send, the purple violet has a noble flower. Dyed with regal purple, they exhale a regal scent, and with their leaves pervade all with their scent and with their beauty. May you both have equally both of these things which they bear, and may the scent of your merits be a glory everlasting in flower." To Lady Radigand and Agnès about the flowers upon the altar. With the ice of winter's chill, the earth is fettered, and all the field's brightness dies with the flower's absence. In the season of spring, when the Lord conquered Tartarus, the grass comes forth and opens out, more joyous with its greenery. There the men deck the doors and platforms with flowers, here the women fill their bosoms with the scent of roses. But you bring sweet scent not for yourselves, but for Christ you make these first offerings to the holy temples. You interweave the festive altars with garlands of various hue, and the altar is painted with fresh flowers like colored threads. On this side the golden rank comes forth from saffron, and here the purple from violets, here the scarlet glows red, and there the milky white is like snow. The blue takes his stand against the green. The colors compete even in flowers, and in a place of peace, you would imagine a battle of plants. This delights with its glossy whiteness that glows with ruddy beauty. This has a more delightful scent that is a more exquisite crimson, Thus the flower buds rival each other with their varied beauty, so that the color here outstrips jewels, here the scent rivals incense. You too, who have arranged these, Agnes, and Radigand, may your odor breathe with the scent of eternal flowers. To Bishop Gregory in Greeting if a tongue directed its flow of eloquence like a whirlpool, or was snatched along in the rush of a raging torrent, 
in response to these lofty proclamations of yours, Gregory, <laughs> I would become a mere drop, so long as I could not discharge my response in a stream. Not even Virgil's muse would compare in the generosity of her patron. Tell me, good friend, how much can anyone say on my behalf? With this brief note, holy man, I commend myself. Fortunatus, your servant, to your attention, have mercy upon me, I pray. To Chilperic and Fredegund After storms and cloud-swirling skies, when the earth is wont to be rigid with bitter ice, after the harsh winter and the dreary chill of winter, or when the blast of the gusting south wind sweeps harshly over the countryside, once more the season of spring returns to the earth, and after the ice a pleasant breeze summons forth the light of day. Once again the meadows are enlivened with scented flowers, and every wood is verdant with leafy trees. The bough is bent with sweet-tasting apples, and the fields are joyous as the grass returns. In the same way, too, my lords, now, after mourning your tragic losses, rejoice with your spirits restored, I pray. Behold, the gentle season recalls the Easter tide of Christ, and the whole earth likewise murmurs with new hope. May joy find more welcome throughout the high palaces of the king, and, thanks to you, may your servants observe a blessed festival. May the Almighty grant us your salvation on earth, and may your highnesses long reign over this land. Epitaph on Dagobert Dear one, Dagobert, everlasting in the people's love, support of his country, a hope in childhood, you die. Born nobly of royal stock, displayed to the lands as a babe, you who are snatched away soon to the heavens, arising from the powerful line of the warrior Clovis, offspring equal in honor to his resplendent ancestor, a noble infant in counterpart to the kings of old, child of his father Chilperic and Fredegund. Yet the holy waters of the font soon bathed you. Thus, though you are snatched away, kindly light encompasses you by the throne. Thus you live in honor and... When the judge of the world comes, you will rise and be resplendent with radiant countenance. In Praise of King Childebert and Queen Brunhilda If it were my task to pronounce the eulogy of the royal pair, night and day would not suffice for me to tell how greatly this people rest upon the love of their lords and fix their gaze upon your eyes. You are both a precious adornment and a glory to those to whom you are always a mirror, a light, and a sweetness. Your special gift is a peaceful and peace-loving kingdom, and the height of devotion in the world rests in your being. Here, family, country, and guardianship are resplendent. Here is dignity and rank. Here are the works of piety. Here is tranquil peace. Here is the hope which delights the faithful, after God, the gift of their salvation, abides in you. 
Here I join my own prayers and joy with the people. May Christ and his goodness see that they multiply and grow. May God's care grant that he protects you long on your throne and that you hold your realm long through heaven's gift. May you gain yet new lands and govern those you already possess, and as you partake of them, may you devoutly nurture these riches, so that you, O Mother resplendent with glory, may see a rich harvest flourishing from your son and offspring. Thus may further noble offspring be granted to a grandmother, from your son and from your splendid grandsons, from Childebert, sweetness, flower, salvation. May you, his mother, reap the fruits, and the people see their prayers answered. From your daughter and daughter-in-law, may the Creator heap gifts upon you, and with your devout merit, may you remain pleasing in God's sight. Returning here, may I be worthy of uttering words of greeting, myself, humble though I am, rejoicing with my worthy lords, may royal affairs prosper, May the people's joys increase. Let the land rejoice. Let this splendor stand fast for all ages. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of the new Medal of Honor podcast from Evergreen Podcasts, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. In each three-minute episode, we'll learn about a different service member who distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. We'll include stories from the Civil War to Iraq and Afghanistan, and from all branches of the military. We'll talk about service members who were overlooked for the medal at first due to their race or religion, and about those who were celebrated at the time. We'll hear stories of soldiers like Audie Murphy, future Hollywood star who mounted a burning tank to hold off German infantry in World War II. And people like Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, a Civil War Army doctor and the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor so far. Learn about these heroes and more wherever you get your podcasts.